0: What is up, guys? This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and I raise my horns to Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. You're listening to Monster House Records Club. And here's your home. Eddie Monster. Yes, welcome everybody to day five of the 365-day challenge here at Montsalves Records Club. That, in the beginning, was the late great Trevor Sternad of the Black Dahlia murder. And I wanted to include it in there because uh, I was always so proud of that that plug that he did for me uh, for Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Um, always such a very proud moment. And then, you know, him passing away was, uh, was tough to deal with, you know what I mean? And uh, that's why for today... If uh, you needed any more of a clue as to what band we were covering for today's episode, that should be your biggest one. Uh, But before we do that, and uh, you know, exciting news that Black Dahlia is going to continue on. Um, I think Trevor would want Black Dahlia to continue um, to increase their legacy and show the world why they are considered one of the big four of death metal and they should be They're such an amazing fucking band they they did so much for the death metal scene resurrecting it from you know from where it was and just just being honest their music's honest and it's in your face and it's exactly what death metal should be uh, but before we get into that obviously if you're just joining us for the first time here on monster house records club this is a show that is sort of the, uh, I don't want to know if I want to call it the sister show to Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast, but it's definitely the B show. It was the B show, but right now we're doing a 365 day challenge. So hopefully by the end of the year, there's going to be 365 more episodes, uh, which uh, is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of content for you guys to check out uh, but anyway so yeah Mod House Records Club it's a play on Columbia House which was this um, for those of you that are very young and tuning in there was a thing that you paid like a penny or a dollar and they sent you a bunch of records but the catch the catch to having those seven or eight you know albums for, for a dollar was that the next time you ordered, you had to pay full market price for those records, that whatever you ordered afterwards. Otherwise, they came after you to try to get the money back. So, yeah, it's a very real thing. Uh, But anyways, so, yeah, it's a play on Columbia House. Uh, I should know. Funny story, when I was a kid, I was like... I think I was like six or seven. And I remember... Uh, my brother used to get Metal Edge magazine, and I remember seeing the Columbia House ad, and uh, I filled out for a bunch of a bunch of albums. I remember I chose uh, because it was like you you had to like take it off the page and paste it onto the ad, um, and then you just mailed the ad in. And I remember uh, a couple of the records. I remember it was Freak Show by Bullet Boys, Stick It to You by uh, Slaughter. And it was probably a bunch more that I can't even remember right now, uh. But th- to to go to show you what year that was, yeah, I'm pretty old, uh. But anyways, so yeah, I mean that's you know it's funny they they uh I wouldn't order any more records. I was like I don't have fourteen ninety nine. I'm like I'm six years old. Like what the fuck? Like I don't even have a job. And uh, I remember them calling, and they were looking for for me. So, like, they call my house, and, you know, my brother answers the phone, and my brother's, like, eight years older than I am. So, he answers the phone. They're like, yeah, we're looking for, you know, Edward, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, my brother's like, you're looking for my six-year-old brother? Like, what are you looking for my six-year-old brother for? They're like, wait a minute. So-and-so is only six years old? And he's like, yeah. So, good luck getting your your money. And that was it. Never heard from Columbia House ever again. Funny enough. Uh, but anyway, so getting back on track here. Uh, everything's graded on a zero to five star system. That's right. We grade every track from zero to five stars. Zero obviously meaning that it's a piece of shit. And five meaning that it's fucking amazing and it's life changing. And uh, yeah. We'll go from there. We'll we'll gather up all the albums. And then... Uh, We'll give you a final grade at the end. So, today we are covering "Verminous" by the Black Dahlia Murder, and uh, I will comment on what "verminous" means later, uh, because the title track is the first track. But it's the band's ninth studio album that was released on April seventeenth, twenty twenty, via Metal Blade Records, and unfortunately, as we all know, this would be the last album ever released with Trevor Sternad, who was on vocals. Brian Eschback on Rhythm Guitars Brandon Ellis on Lead Max Lavelle on Bass and Alan Cassidy on Drums and just to give you where it was at uh, 10 days after the record was released here's how it uh, held up on Billboard it was the number 1 current hard music album the number 1 internet album the number 2 current rock albums number 4 top current albums number 4 Billboard top albums number 4 LP vinyl album sales awesome and number 15 on the digital albums as well as going number five on the canadian top 200 number five on their current albums charts number two on the hard music and number seven on the top digital albums so it just shows you these guys were making waves and i mean just deservedly so it's what a catalog uh They even went number 7 in Germany on their top albums. Number 13 in the UK on the rock and metal charts. So Black Dahlia was really making an impact. And uh, like I said, rightfully so. Uh, Just amazing shit right here from the Black Dahlia murder. All right, so that is that on the background of the record. When we come back after listening to a couple of our sponsors, we will tackle the record. I knew virtually nothing about Alzheimer's or any sort of brain issues until one day my wife started to do things that were atypical, sudden outbursts, uh, becoming repetitive and asking questions. You have this tapestry just creating who you are based on a hundred billion nerve cells and hundreds of trillions of connections mm-hmm. making a network. and this disease comes in and every day relentlessly, insidiously, just tears that tapestry apart. If you've got a heart and if you care about people, you don't want to see anybody go through this. And that's why I'm more optimistic than ever that we're on our way to eradicating this disease with early prediction, early detection, early intervention. Find out more at curealz.org. All right, welcome back, everybody. So we are checking out Verminous, and of course, the title track is the very first track on the album, and it helps kick off and starts with some creepy, like, eerie sewer scenes, right? Because I, there's an overall theme to this record, uh, which obviously matches the title, which means consisting of or being vermin, basically infested by vermin is basically what Verminous means. Uh, But in the words of Exodus, this is another lesson in violence, uh, just complete brutality. But how beautiful does it sound as the band unleashes unholy hell on your eardrums from beginning to end? Ashback and Ellis are monstrous on this track, and this is not going to be the last time you hear that. Believe that. This is not the last time you're going to hear me utter those words. Because Eshbach and Ellis are quite the combination. Uh, You know, Eshbach on rhythm guitars, Ellis on lead. unfucking believable That gets a five stars right there. Uh, Godlessly picks right the fuck up where the last track left off. And uh, it starts with an all-out metal assault that just hammers down without ever stopping. I mean, you don't even get a break on this track. Uh... Definitely has some great qualities to it, but I give it 4.8 stars out of 5. Uh, Removal of the oaken stake is the very next track, and it's actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. It has this very cinematic feel to it with these grooves, right? Kind of like, you know, putting a little groove metal in there that the band has been known to lay down, obviously, plenty of times in their past. Ellison Eshbach could rival any guitar duo in the world with their playing. See what I'm saying? This is going to be a common theme. Five stars out of five, right there. It just it, you're going to hear that a lot. I mean, you're going to have to get used to it. Uh, Child of the Night is an in-your-face, absolute beatdown of a track that just punishes with its double bass fury and its face-melting shredding in this track. I want to say that they're talking about. I, you know, child, child of the night. I want to say that they're talking about maybe prostitution. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, they do mention mention incubus and succubus plenty of times in the track. Incubus, succubus, um, plenty of plenty of times, and it, it just and I'm trying to piece it all together with the lyrics and and child of the night. And you know, I always think of prostitutes as being childs of the night, and it would make sense with. The name of the album being verminous, because how does society treat people like that? Or even, or even could be talking about you know, um, could be talking about people that indulge in 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 the things that are not normal. You know what I mean? So, well, at least the norm to society, and society does treat people like that like they are verminous, which is kind of unfair. At times, some people, it wasn't a choice. Uh, but nonetheless, never never mind on that. It is uh, 4.8 stars out of 5. Uh, sunless Empire, very ominous sounding in the beginning, but the guitar duo helped usher in this hammering track um, that has some doom kind of qualities to it. Uh, but it's about how the vermin rule the underworld. That's how I really feel, a Sunless Empire, right? You're underground, you're vermin. That's your domain. You rule your domain because normal people are above ground and the verminists are below us. So there you go. Four point six stars out of five. Uh, the leather aprons, the leather apron scorn. Uh, the band goes lower down the death metal scale than ever before on this track. Uh, Lavelle shines. On the track with his awesome bass lines. He has some killer parts in this. I was just. You're going to learn if you've listened to past episodes of Monster House Records Club, I mean, like way in the past, or if you've even read any of my album of the week uh, articles on moshpitsandmovies.wordpress.com, you're going to see I'm a freak for bass players. Honestly, I'm a freak for bass players and uh he's got some killer fucking parts in this that are just like oh you hear that bass and you just it, it's oh man it just it's awesome uh Ellison Eschbach can not take the central riff this is what i like so there's a central riff right that controls the whole entire track and these guys are able to fuck with it and manipulate it and do things around the central riff that they never compromise it and that is amazing. Again, what an amazing fucking guitar duo. And Sternad definitely takes his, his vocals to the next level on this track and does a hell of a fucking great job, you know, and a track that has a very carcass kind of feel to it. So I loved it. Five stars out of five right there for the Leather Apron Scorns. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, anyways, How Very Dead is the next track? and I love the guitar work from the band on this one that gives it a very metal feel, again, with more Doom-like textures uh, before it launches into overdrive. So this is just the intro to the track. Very melodic, and then it just launches, right? And it's one of the most abused tracks, and I say that in a very, very good way that the band has ever done, and it's just awesome 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 4.8 stars out of 5 on that one Uh, the Wereworms Feast is another track that has a very cinematic feel with more grooves like I talked about before that other track has some great grooves in it uh, that helps sets this band apart from others the duo which I'm talking about the guitar duo gives most metal guitar legends a run for their money Right? it's got a very northern european kind of feel to it in the sense of like merciful fate maybe like and that's why i i when i hear the track i think of andy larock who's king diamonds guitar player and i think of him when i when i hear the band just the 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 two guitarists just go off especially uh brandon ellis who's the lead guitarist and he channels it so fucking well on this track that it 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 blows my mind. I'm like, why are people not talking about these two more than they should be? Because this is just dynamite shit right here. Great guitar work, great guitar work. I couldn't have been more impressed. But yeah, they channel Andy LaRock to like almost a T. You hear any King Diamond track and then you listen to this one and you're like, "Oh man, yeah, I could, you know, I could definitely see if, you know, King Diamond went death metal, this is what this song would be." Um for sure, for sure. And that's why I gave it 5 stars out of 5. Now comes the conundrum for me because I don't like to grade interludes, intros, and outros. I just feel like they're they're not they're not really worthy of a grade. Uh, so, A Womb in the Dark Chrysalis is basically just an interlude um, that's just going to lead you right into the very next track. So, I don't give interludes grades as much as I would love to. I don't. I don't give intros grades. I don't give outros grades because, they're to me, they're useless unless they really are important. Because most of the time, I'm just like, Make it part of the track, if anything, right? But uh, who am I to judge on that one? Not my department. Uh, But anyway, so it leads into the very last song on the whole entire album, which is called Dawn of Rats. And this may be one of the best tracks on the album, an instant banger, a banger, that should have been played live if it hasn't. Again, it's been... I want to say 17 years, 16 to 17 years since the last time I had seen Black Dahlia Murder live, and that's my fault. That's my fault for not seeing them more and more and more than I sh- than I should have, because these guys fucking kicked ass. Um, but yeah, if it hasn't been played live before, it definitely should have been. Um, it's got a great chorus. That's matched with the bands playing, making for a great closer to such an amazing, amazing record. Great shit right here. I love this record. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I listened to it two, three times when reviewing this. I just kept playing you know, the, the tracks over and over again as I was going along. And it just was like, man, fucking love this. This is probably my my one of my favorite releases of 2020 for sure. And I'm definitely glad that I that I got to review this. I don't know what inspired me last night because I was debating what album I'm going to review for tomorrow. What album? And I all of a sudden was just like I thought of Trevor. For some reason, I just thought of Trevor and I said, "Boom, there it is. There it is." I'm going to do Black Dahlia Murder for sure. And I'm glad that I did. So for a final grade, it gets 4.9 stars out of 5 for a final grade. Definitely one of the highest grades of the last five days, and deservedly so. This is a fucking great record. Make sure you go out and you pick a copy up, whether it's on vinyl. I'm going to try to find the cassette, because apparently it came out on cassette, and I'm just... uh decided I'm going to be a cassette collector because everybody's collecting vinyl and I'm like, I want to be different, right? So I'm going to have this awesome cassette collection that people are just going to be like, what in the fuck? And I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I just love cassettes, which I do. Cassettes is actually the first medium that I ever had uh, when it came to albums back in the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, I fucked around with vinyl when I was like four or five, you know, but uh, really, was having a Walkman and a fucking cassette because you couldn't carry a fucking vinyl record player with you everywhere you went. So a Walkman was definitely the, the device of choice, and that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? All right, so that is it for now. Uh, obviously, follow any of the links in the description below. Follow the show. Give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter show some fucking love we love metal we're all here for metal we are a family we need to act like a family even in the toughest of times metal is a club that is inclusive like rob halford said at the rock and roll hall of fame it doesn't matter if you're black or white if you're male or female if you don't identify as either whatever it may be it doesn't matter your your sexual preference or your religious creed Whatever you want to call it It doesn't matter In metal we are all one We are all accepted And that's what I love about metal And I've always loved about metal Metal is that one club That it don't fucking matter And we've showed the world That it doesn't matter what you are And if genres try, Other genres try to claim that They're just posers And they're following us Because that's the easy way out in a time when we don't get enough credit. Thank you very much, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.